0: Annette Hoffman, and this is Beyond the Table, the podcast that takes you on a journey around the world to meet people creating some of the most interesting and delicious food that I find and hear their stories. I'm sure you've noticed there's been a lapse in episodes of Beyond the Table lately, but don't worry, I haven't abandoned the podcast. The last couple months have been really busy. Over Christmas, I visited friends in Western Australia. I managed to squeeze in some hiking, mountain biking, and snorkeling amongst the food and wine tasting, and there may even be a podcast on the horizon. Then in January, I had a week in Melbourne, but probably what took the most time was that I decided to move from the Blue Mountains back to Sydney. Between all the time searching for a new place and the logistics of the move itself, I felt like a month just evaporated. But I'm back. I still have quite a backlog of interviews in the editing queue with immigrant cooks and chefs around Sydney. But before I bring you those, I have one more special episode from my trip home visiting family in October. Less than an hour from where I grew up, near Rochester, is the tiny town of Naples, New York, population 2,500. Naples is part of the Finger Lakes region, which gets its name from 11 long, fingery lakes. More than 100 wineries, distilleries, and breweries are dotted through the area, and the vineyards specialize in whites and cool climate reds. I fell in love with the dry Rieslings a few years ago, and I'm not even a white wine drinker. But the area is most famous for two things, grapes and leaves. In autumn, the hillsides transform into a rainbow of color. Weekends can be chaotic, especially during the annual grape festival, But I can't visit home without making at least one stop there, and usually more. Our family tradition is to stock up on fresh grapes from a tiny stand on one of the back roads of Naples that sells my mom's favourite variety, a gorgeous purple grape called Rosabelle's that you can't find in regular grocery stores. And of course we also get concords, the essential ingredient in the grape pie that mom makes from scratch each fall. She adapted her recipe from *The Joy of Cooking*, but it's a local specialty that I've never seen anywhere else. So when I visited home this past fall, I decided to interview the region's
1: most famous grape pie guru. I'm Monica Shank from Naples, New York. I've lived here all my life. Been in the business for 35 years. This year,
0: Monica is owner and baking extraordinaire at Monica's Pies. The business was born in 1983. It began as a way to use excess Concord grapes that were no longer in vogue with the wineries.
1: We had grapes that we weren't using and the wineries weren't using because at that point, white wine was the big thing. And we had a lot of Concord grapes and I thought, well, I can make a pie. You know, I made one a year.
0: Back then, Monica and her husband had a few acres of grapes. And she wanted to do something that allowed her to stay home with her kids.
1: My mom was an awesome cook so I knew she'd help me and she had a place not far from here down on the main road and I knew it would be a good place to sell. So I thought I'm going to make a few pies and put them out. There's a lot of girls that do that just in the fall for five or six weeks. The business started as a self-service
0: stand operating on the honor system. People put money in a little birdhouse. You might think that would be risky, but for Monica it was ideal.
1: That worked great, I mean, because then I didn't have to have staff waiting, and it was just me, and I was home with my youngest. So he was nine months old when I started. Sometimes she'd even end up with extra money, or there'd be a note
0: saying, I only had $5, and I'll put the money in next time.
1: And they did. In the weekends we'd do a try before you buy, so we'd give them a taste, and they'd ring a little doorbell we had out there, and we'd come up and wait on them. I think that first year we sold a 1,000 pies, and we thought, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And it was just six or eight weeks while the the grapes were ripe. For the first few years, the business was seasonal.
0: Then they expanded to summer fruits.
1: We grew every year a little bit.
0: We just did it in my
1: mom's kitchen. We worked out of her kitchen upstairs and then became too small, so we moved down to the basement, and um, we kind of converted that into a big workspace, and I had... I think at one point I had five just regular ovens, just kitchen ovens, and four or five refrigerators and a couple of freezers.
0: They worked out of the family home for 17 years until Monica's mom decided to sell it. That's when they bought and renovated a four-story barn with a new kitchen, a shop, and a little flat for her mom. That's where I'm interviewing her today.
1: When we moved here, I hired a girl that wanted to work year-round, so we kind of decided we'd make chicken pot pies for the winter. So we did that, and it took off. It was crazy. Now we're open year-round with 20 or 30 different kinds of pies and keeping real busy. <laughs> so are grape pies still your best seller? Yes, grape pies, but the chicken's coming up fast. and <laughs> We're making four pots a day, which is 40 pounds, uh, four big pots. We're doing that every day, and we're selling out of them. One of the biggest turning points came in 2000
0: when Monica's Pies made its national TV debut. I got
1: a call one day from the Food Network, and I really thought it was a joke, but they said, do you want to be on the Food Network show, and can we come and, you know, do a bit on you making the great pies? And I said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking it was really kind of a joke, but it wasn't. They came, and that was big, because it gave us a lot of exposure, and people came here from all over. Monica
0: lights up when she reminisces about it.
1: It's, it was the Food Finds show. Okay. I'll give you a copy. Okay. I got a bunch made. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because my husband's in it, and he you'll get a kick out of it because he tells the whole, whoever's watching, the whole audience, that he does not eat great pie. Oh, really? Why not? He doesn't eat any dessert. I think it's because he grew up with grape pie, but you know. Do you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably too much. I love it. I love it. My (laughs) kids love it. Oh, they still love it. They just love it. Being on the show was huge, but it wasn't without challenges. One of the things, though, I had to do to be on the show was be able to ship the pies. And I thought, oh, sure, I can do that. Well... I did it, but we had a few trial and errors. But we managed to figure it out, and we did it for several years. So what were the challenges about shipping the pies? Well, getting them there in one piece, being able to package them because, you know, they're not going to keep this side up or fragile or anything. They're just doing what they got to do on the way there. But we actually made the pie indestructible. I mean, they couldn't mess it up. We had really good luck. At first, we didn't. But then I got it figured out. What I did was order pies from all over the country and just see how they were packaged and how they got here and all that. So we did it. We did it. And we we had a nice box made specifically for what we wanted and had an insert in it for insulation. And then we put a flat ice pack in there and sent the pies frozen, baked. One pie made it all the way to Iraq
0: when Monica's second cousin was stationed there in the military. But these days,
1: if you want to try one of Monica's pies, you'll have to stop by her shop. It was fun while we did it, but we've become so busy that you almost need another facility. We just keep growing and I keep adding another freezer and another freezer and another freezer. I think I'm at the end of my electric (laughs) to add any more. Other accolades followed Monica's
0: Food Finds fame. She's been featured in the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, Better Homes and Gardens, and now Beyond the Table podcast. So we're in pretty good company. Several years back, the communications director for Fultz Pie Plates discovered Monica's pie stand when he was in town for his daughter's wedding
1: and approached her to endorse the product. I thought, oh, well, let me try it. So I tried it and I liked it. I endorsed it and we went to Chicago to the trade show in New York City to their show room down there on Fifth Avenue and made pies and had people try them. It was fun. They paid all our expenses the three or four of us girls went and, and it was fun because I'd never been to Chicago or New York and I still have the pie plate in the pie shop and sell it. Fans of Monica's pies span the globe. A friend of ours lives in Naples and of course we have those um, bumper stickers out there and she went to the Philippines and she saw a bumper sticker on on a car there just says I love Monica's pies (laughs) Awesome. as big as Monica's pies has become it's still very much a local enterprise I make the fillings all the fillings and the crust girls make the crust and then fill the pies tap them and freeze them five on a tray I just pull out what I want to bake that day and we also sell a lot frozen unbaked so how many pies are you selling now We sell about 10,000 grape a year, and we've leveled off at about that, and that's fine (laughs) with me. (laughs) And... As far as all kinds of pies, I'd say fifty to 60000 and it might even be more than that.
0: The whole family has been
1: involved. My mother was, she's awesome. She did the crust. She was a retired teacher, and she worked at the Redwood in town, baking in the kitchen. And then I decided to do this, and we were at her house. So she'd help me when she got home from work, and she made the best crust.
0: Every member of the family did something.
1: So, of course, the kids folded boxes and waited on customers, and my husband picked the grapes, and then my aunt came to live with us when we moved here, mom's twin sister, and she would fold brochures and sticker boxes and, you know, do anything. It was good for them because they were involved, and they were needed. My husband's retired now, so he helps me. He folds every box, which is no small feat, and he's got these huge hands. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And he helps me with the grapes, he... With all the heavy work, he goes after flour, which we get in Pen Yan. Yesterday, I think he went after cherries in Wolcott. We get cherries up there. quit get local, local fruit. So he's always doing something for me. He'll get the buckets of uh, chicken gravy for the girls because it's so heavy. He'll bring them in for them and yeah. so they can oh, nice. fill the pies and stuff like that. These days,
0: the kids are grown up. And sadly, Monica's mom passed away in
1: November of 2014, She worked till she was 95, my mother, down there making crust. She taught the other two girls that are down there how to make crust. So they're doing it, you know, her recipe. It's the Crisco recipe, but it's a big one.
0: You don't have to talk to Monica for long to get a sense for how close she and her mother were.
1: Can you tell me about how do you learn to cook and bake? Oh, yeah. Well, she, from a very early age, she let me be in the kitchen with her and make a mess, and she didn't care, you know, so... So that's why I always felt comfortable in the kitchen. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so so she always made me feel very comfortable in the kitchen. And it didn't matter if I made a mess. She never, you know, yelled or so. And we always had good food. She was a great cook. Her family, they were all good cooks. So we, we had a restaurant, too, down at the lake. And so I guess it just carries on. I feel comfortable and. I'll try anything, and a lot of times it it comes out great.
0: Food seems to be her family's forte, and it's where her interests gravitated long before she had any inkling that she'd be baking pies for a living.
1: My parents owned the boat livery, and they had a little restaurant in there for fishermen and boaters, and and, uh, of course, you know, I cook down there too. Did you study something else? I started to go to school, but then didn't. I started school and it was in the food service business. So once I thought about being a teacher, because my parents were teachers, when I was taking biology, I wanted to be a brain surgeon. Everybody (laughs) laughed at me, so, you know, (laughs) I didn't do that. Her mom had a massive
0: influence on the success of the business. In fact, the idea behind their signature process was Monica's mom's brainchild.
1: Was her idea to make it the way we make it? We make it different than anybody else makes them. everybody's got their own recipe and they're you know everybody's pie is different ours is we bake the crust separately from the filling so I make the filling and thicken it when I pull the grapes out of the freezer or right now I'm using fresh grapes and then it's ready to eat so we bake the crust and we make a little floating crust or a crumb top and we bake that separately so we just can bake the crust right now today and fill them and top them and they are ready to go and it's fast it's fresh and you get more in the pie because the pies run over terrible in the oven because they're so juicy so that was her idea and it's been a wonderful idea everybody loves them because that bottom crust is nice and done it's not soggy and it's tough to get them done on the bottom because they're such a juicy pie What's involved in making a grape pie?
0: My mom was telling me it was quite complex.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. You have to slip the skins on the grapes and cook the middle and then strain the seeds out and put that back with the skins. And so it's a lot of work. And and I have girls, I used to do it myself, of course, not anymore, because we do about 10 tons a year. They come, we have a big cooler up at our house. And the farmer brings the grapes to my husband and we keep them in the cooler. And then the girls come up there and pick up the grapes, however many trays they want to do, usually 10 or 12. And then they take them to their house and do, you know, pinch them and bring them back to me here. And then I finish them off. And then I freeze what I'm not using. And so whenever I need to make filling throughout the year, I just pull out a couple buckets and put the sugar and thickener with it and it's ready to go. There's no shortcuts to making the perfect pie. You know, use good grapes. Don't water them down. Use good grapes, which we have locally, and make a good crust. And you got a good pie for any kind of fruit. That might sound simple enough, but the pie
0: business is a lot of work, especially during the busy fall season. Monica gets up at 6 or 7 and works late.
1: I don't finish till 8 at night. The girls leave at 6, I get dinner, and I have to do all the book work and all that. And then anything I need to think about for the next day, you know, I'm uh, checking my list, (laughs) which I live by my list. So, yeah, I'm here a lot, but I don't mind it. She's contemplating changing things up a bit, though. I'm starting to think about doing something different, either selling it or getting a manager or just so I can step away a little bit and be with my grandkids a little more and maybe get out on a beautiful day like today. (laughs) But for now, she's still baking away.
0: The business has far exceeded any expectations Monica ever had.
1: Is there anything you would have done differently if you could go back in time? No, I can't think of anything because I never dreamed it would lead to this. We just kind of went along and got busier and busier, and then so successful I didn't want to give it up when my mom wanted to sell her place. So bought this place and renovated it, and uh, it's just continued to be successful, which is great, and, you know, it just keeps you going.
0: She sent me home with one of her decadent grape pies that my mom and brothers and I scarfed down. We didn't bother to make our own this year because it's a time-consuming process and we had Monica's delicious pie instead. So I hope you enjoyed that little taste of upstate New York. I'll put pictures of Monica and Naples and details of how to find Monica's pies on my website at lynettehoffman.com. L-Y-N-N-E-T-T-E-H-O-F-F-M-A-N. I know it's long. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Table. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a glowing review if you like it. You can add us on Facebook or Instagram or both at Beyond the Table Podcast. So please check in and don't hesitate to email me if you've got any ideas for people that you think I should interview, places you think I should check out. I'd love to hear from you.